1: Good afternoon, everyone. We're keeping an eye on that power outage affecting a big portion of the capital city this afternoon. Power went out around, oh, 1235, 1240, somewhere around there. We heard a few booms here on Camo Road. Did you hear that, Dave? The big bang, bang, you heard that? No? Uh, Brian and I both looked at each other and said, what was that? And all of a sudden the lights went flick, flick, gone. Anyway, we're coming to you on uh, generator power right now and we'll be keeping you up to date. Uh, please be mindful that traffic lights in the areas that are affected are out, so that means you have to treat those uh, stops as four-way stops and uh, traffic just crawling this end of Kenmount Road here right now, uh, pretty congested out there. So please take your time, be patient, be courteous, and um, and know the rules of the road, so to speak. Well, October has been a real gift this year. Temperatures have been mild. The sun has been shiny it's perfect for getting out and about and ideal weather for that important fall shoulder season in the province's tourism industry it follows what was an absolutely spectacularly beautiful summer and come home year celebrations which were embraced by tourism operators eager to ramp up business in the wake of two years of pandemic restrictions well our guest today on on target is none other than hospitality newfoundland and labrador executive director Brenda o'reilly hello Hi Linda, how are you?
2: Great, so how was the summer? Oh, oh, fantastic, first I have to correct you, I'm actually the chair of the board. <laughs> oh, so sorry. That's okay, uh, I don't want to take Craig's job from him, so <laughs> uh, we, had a, we had a, you know, obviously you just alluded to the weather, how fantastic it was this summer, and people's attitudes were just as fantastic to finally embrace um, the world back into our province was really uplifting for sure. And are were people coming back? Well, they were certainly compared to 2020, 2021, you know, visitation numbers are up. Um, But they're not up, uh, you know, as much as uh, 2019 was. But it's a really positive sign for for things to come, for years to come. Uh, You know, we knew it wasn't going to happen overnight, although there was a great response this summer. Um, You know, Marine Atlantic is the the biggest uh, champion winner, we'll say, of this summer because they're actually up 18% over 2019, which is, you know, fantastic news for that rubber traffic. Um, and gets people around the province. you know people come in their own vehicles or get around to more places so that's fantastic but uh, unfortunately the airlines the flights were down 29 from 2019 so positive though very positive um, it's going in the right direction you know um, compared to the last two years so uh, the airlines
1: were what kept our numbers a little bit lower than what you had hoped maybe
2: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, we all know the the troubles that the airline industry has, and we're all facing similar industries in the tourism industry. And, of course, while the airline industry is, you know, in a lot of sectors, it is very uh, impactful on our sector. And and they're having issues with labor, as we are, as um, many sectors, you know, around the world are having. So, you know, labor issues with labor and access to labor has been uh, a lot of people's uh, catalyst for for non-growth.
1: Well, did come home year um, help?
2: Absolutely. You know, so come home year, the, the whole attitude that that brought about, uh, you know, coming back to the province for, you know, vis- visiting friends and family are a very, a very, very important part of our, of our market mix, of our visitor mix. And so that was really important. Um, And, of course, now they're rolling into, you know, home for the holidays. I mean, the tourism industry, while it peaks in summer season, um, and always will, because, I mean, the weather is the best, and that's when people take vacation. That's just a natural way it's going to be. There are so many opportunities throughout the year for the tourism offerings here in the province. And, of course, you know, we adore Christmas here in this province. So home for the holidays is something that we're really embracing as building part of an off-season or a shoulder-season or the winter season, if you may. Well, certainly, and so many people missed that opportunity to gather for the holidays over the last couple of years. Exactly, and the holidays are so important to us. I mean, we're a family-centric population. You know, family first is just really our motto uh, here in the province, so like, people are missing out on that opportunity. So I would suspect this year will be a great family reunion for Christmas.
1: So you mentioned come home year. You mentioned home for the holidays. I know there's been a lot of work in recent years to try and build up those shoulder seasons, the spring and the fall. We had a fabulous spring. We've had an
2: even better fall. Um, Is that reaping any benefits? Absolutely. Um, You know, I, I can see it. I mean, I'm an operator as well, so I can see. The numbers starting to, to come back to more normal numbers, um, you know, and, and the confidence level of people is, you know, we're not through COVID yet. We're on another side of it. Um, we're, we're 100% not through it yet, but uh, the confidence in the consumer is coming around. The problem is, is that we're all facing, every one of us, the consumers, the business people, everybody is facing. High high inflation. So inflation, you know, was kind of like you know we were getting we were so positive coming out of COVID and being able to get our borders open and then inflation wears its ugly head. So we weren't not expecting it. Certainly, we were expecting. I think anybody knows that that was probably going to happen. Um, You know, supply chain has been disrupted. Um, You know, there's a lot of things going into driving inflation. Um, but certainly, it is a big thing that we're grappling with right now. Just to you know, we're on the way to recovering from the perspective of of accepting and and, and welcoming guests and getting our businesses back to you know some sort of normal capacities and stuff. But inflation is a real thing that we're we're dealing with, and it's it's stalling our you know our growth for the bottom line because it is a, a cost that we have to. Either pass on to the consumer, which you know they're all dealing with inflation as well. So it's with a, you know, with a heavy heart that we would ever put our prices up, but sometimes we have to. So inflation is really, you know, affecting our whole sector right now.
1: And arguably, I would think that inflation has the, the toughest impact on tourism because if you've got to start trimming uh, where you're spending, it's going to be probably in travel.
2: You know, for sure. You know, um, our industry is relies on disposable income. Hundred um, percent. You know, when people don't have disposable income due to inflation, downturn in the economy, or you know whatever may be going on in their private, in their personal lives, it does. We, we're the first ones to see that downturn. Um, you know, so certainly it is it is the biggest thing, and and it's inflation across the board. It's not only the cost of goods. You know, the cost of like the cost of uh, cooking oil went up forty percent. Um, you know, this year. Um, you know, the cost of cod there in the spring doubled because of the shortage of cod with the with the um, the Russian invasion into the Ukraine. Um Russia represents twenty five percent of the cod in the world and and you know so supply and ch- supply and demand is a real thing and and it settled out during the summer but you know we sell cod is king here in this province so you know we were dealing with, with that inflation on, on the COD price and many other things, most protein items. All you gotta do is everyone goes to the supermarket and buys groceries. We're no no different, you know, in the in the restaurants and hotels and anybody that's dealing with food and beverage in this sector realizes how much
1: food commodities have gone up. Our guest today on On Target is chair of the board at Hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador, Brenda O'Reilly. We'll be back right after this.
0: Weekdays on VOCM. It's Open Line with your host, Patty Daly. Join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m. to noon on your VOCM. We get people talking
1: we're back. Our guest today on On Target is uh, Chair of uh, Hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador, Brenda O'Reilly but the big news and we wanted to give a little update now is uh, the power outage in the metro region affecting some five to 6,000 customers. Brian uh, what's the situation?
0: Yeah so uh, here it is the uh, uh, Newfoundland Power says it's a problem with the Kenmount Road substation that's just up from us a little ways and uh, they don't have a restoration time. They will have provided that when they do have it but for now we don't know when the power will be restored but you are correct it is uh, just pretty widespread and involves that whole area kind of like west of Columbus Drive if you will come uh, Mount road into Mount Pearl Carson uh, all that area Kelsey Drive so that's why we're having that gridlock in a lot of places wherever you have of course streetlights they're gonna be out and that will affect the traffic everything is pretty slow moving in in that that whole area
1: and the fact that it affects the Kenmount Road substation backs up what you and I observed There, those bangs yeah. we heard
0: Oh, okay. and with a series of bangs it wasn't just like you know the initial bang and then everything is quiet a couple of bangs after that and a couple of more bangs after that so it will be interesting to find out uh, what's going on there
1: uh, thanks for the update, Brian. Right you are. VOCM's Brian Medore there with that update. Still don't know when the restoration time is and traffic is backed up big time on Chemmount Road, so please be patient there. Our guest today on On Target is Brenda O'Reilly, Chair of Hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador, and we've been talking a little bit about the tourism season that was and still is for that matter. There's a big Home for the Holidays campaign underway now, but uh, Brenda, you were mentioning inflation and how it's affected uh, operators um, and the costs that are involved there. And you also touched on the labour crunch. Is that still a big problem?
2: Yes. I mean, labour is a big issue for many, many industries, and ours is no different. I mean, during the pandemic, certainly, as we all know, our industry was, you know, really hard hit really quickly and um, unfortunately, a lot of us had to, you know, lay off a lot of our staff, if not all of our staff. And, and of course, it showed how vulnerable we really are as a sector. And, um, you know, getting some people left our industry, um, as people have left other industries as well. You know, and so, you know, the COVID nineteen, the pandemic has profoundly affected people. Everyone, everyone has been affected. And, you know, people take take time to revisit who they are and what they want to be. And, and unfortunately, we lost some people in our industry. And, um, you know, so we're still grappling w- with that. Um, the immigration flow, of course, got, um, you know, there's always been a shortage of cooks and chefs in Canada. And Newfoundland is no different. We're not special from that equation. And um, during COVID, of course, you know, we bring in a lot of international chefs. Uh, into our industry uh, all over the country, but here in this land, Labrador as well. And that whole um, chain of immigration got uh, put on pause during COVID when, you know, our borders were closed and um, you know, um, people also were um, working from home. And, you know, there was all kinds of things going on disrupting the flow of um, of the foreign, um, you know, chefs and, and other people coming into the country. And then, of course, the, um, the Russian invasion in the Ukraine and, and um us accepting um, the Ukrainian um, uh, people, which we should be doing and, um, you know, processing those took uh, priority, right? So, so the immigration piece has been um, sort of like back, backlogged a lot, um, you know. And so, you know, I think that, um, um, you know, people's mentality towards work has changed. And, you know, I, I understand where everyone's coming from on all of this. And, of course, it's... Um, um, you know, it's, it's. I think it will change. It will come around, but it has been real, and it's. And it's certainly we're not like most of our most of us. Um, not not all of us, but a lot of people in the in the food and beverage restaurant sector, our sales were down this summer because we were short cooks, so we could only open. So while we didn't have limited capacities, you know, because of the pandemic and government regulations, we weren't able to accommodate everybody who wanted to come to our businesses because we were short staffed.
1: That's extraordinary, and some had to cut back hours and everything. I've noticed that over the last little while.
2: I mean, it's everywhere. It's in retail. It's 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 everywhere you go, and you go somewhere, and they're not open Sundays and Mondays, or they're not open lunches. And... You know, and it's not just special to me from Labrador. I just came back from uh, some meetings in Ottawa with Restaurants Canada, and uh, a lot of my colleagues across the country are saying they're not open for lunches because the lunch business hasn't bounced back. People are still, you know, apparently working from home, which is not a bad thing, um, but it just changed how our business model is working. So, you know, and inflation has affected things, too, like, you know, supply and demand on technology. Technology has not been cheap to, to pivot to and, you know, takeout containers Because a lot of us have pivoted to, you know, uh, takeout and delivery for food services and takeout containers went up like 20%. Um, And it was, you know, so there's there's been a lot of issues for sure.
1: So um, is any of that starting to smooth out now in terms of uh, immigration
2: and temporary foreign workers and the like? So immigration for sure um, I did have uh, the pleasure to meet with some people in that in that department uh, while I was in Ottawa and you know it's a big it's a big um, challenge because there's a lot of needs um, you know it's a Canadian need for a growing population and for supporting our labor market going forward um, so you know are several paths to immigration in the country, and one of the most successful ones that we do have in every province is called the Provincial Nominee Program, and that's where you're able to bring your, um, your family so your spouse is able to work and your children are able to go to school. And, you know, there's nothing better than come to a foreign land and bringing your family with you. Um, so hopefully governments will look at uh, expanding that particular offering um, because that is the best way of growing populations. And, and here's the thing about our industry. We're the only industry, uh, you know, in Canada Newfoundland Labrador that can both be in every community, and uh, so we, you know, we can. Immigration is very important to keeping, um, you know, rural Canada, rural Newfoundland Labrador vibrant and alive. So, yeah, I mean, there needs to be a, a, a sort of a holistic approach to it. But we need a Canadian solution too to some of our shortages of labor. Like, for instance, if they would look at EI reform and letting people come to work and and earn enough to make 100% of their salary that they would have made before they were unemployed. And then when they, you know, and, and scale them back so that they're not being penalized to come back to work. Um, so, you know, the, I think that there's EI reform that's ongoing right now, but making making EI, some changes to EI would help because we're so short-staffed. So why, why why are we not encouraging people to come back to work while still only working part-time while they're on unemployment? They can make some changes for seniors so that seniors aren't getting called back dollar for dollar for coming to work because, you know, a lot of people still want to work. They find work fulfilling, um, you know. So I think there's some changes, some made in Canada changes. We can also send people through the education process to come into our sector maybe it's you know um, reduced um, um, you know fees or uh, being able to write off their um, their uniforms and their tools in our trade for chefs and cooks right now that's not allowed in uh, revenue Canada. so there's some changes they can do to get to, to welcome people back into the industry
1: for sure, and as you say, you know these are simple changes. But uh, as we know, the the um, uh, while you know businesses and individuals are are changing and pivoting all the time, government works at a completely different kind of pace. Sometimes,
2: yeah, I mean that. I mean, it's to be expected. It's it's not easy. The government's not nimble, as we all know. But you know, we we can help find solutions to some of these problems, right? So, um, but EI reform, I think, needs to happen.
1: Did the uh, changes to the cap on the hours that international students can work, uh, did that uh, make a difference? That
2: was fantastic. And in the first place, allowing international students to work was great. And, that, and they were able to work full-time when they're not in the study. So most of them during the summer months were able to work full-time. Um, so when they want to work, to be honest, um, a lot of people find working and, and, and balancing school in our industry so Google with flexibility and schedules that we can actually work around people's studies and, and exams and challenges they have at school, um, so that's really great welcoming news that the international students can work more than twenty hours uh, coming up in November, so we applaud that and actually the both provincial and federal governments you know their help during the two years of the pandemic, you know their liquidity help has helped us um, hang on, um, but it's not helping us to strive right now because we did take on a lot of extra debt, a lot of extra costs. Um, during the pandemic that now we're dealing with trying to put in our cash flows, And of course, inflation is, is on top of all of that. So it's, it's, you know, it's challenging, but we're still very positive because it's all moving in the right direction when it comes to, you know, people coming back into our businesses and, and, and getting to celebrate our hospitality. It
1: is moving in the right direction, and I think people. Uh, there is that pent-up demand, as uh, everybody talks about, that people really do want to be out around and with other people, and enjoying a meal or a few drinks, or getting on a boat and seeing a tour, or you know, getting in a B and B.
2: Are you hearing that from guests? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, there was a lot. We talked earlier about Marine Atlantic numbers being up, which is great because not only were their numbers up. From overall uh, people on their boats, but their their ferry crossings were up, which is great, both ferry crossings are and Port Basque um, ferry crossings. The problem with Marine Atlantic from our perspective is the cost of it right so we have a sixty five percent cost recovery uh, with marine Atlantic and uh, you know as, as I mean marine Atlantic is important to all of it 's important to all of us because it is our highway to get off of this province if you're going to drive. And uh, so we'd like it to be as, you know, as economical as possible. But from a tourism perspective, the 65% cost recovery is quite high. So we'd like for the federal government to look at, you know, what that means to the tourism industry and to all industries uh, that require and, and food security and, um, you know, sustainability and stuff. So, yeah, so while it's often we applaud and there are partners in tourism for sure, but, um, you know, um, the running the Marine Atlantic and the cost recovery are two different things, right?
1: Indeed they are, and I want to uh, touch on that a little bit more when we come back after the break. Our guest today on On Target is Chair of Hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador, Brenda O'Reilly. We'll give you a little update now on the um, uh, power situation. Uh, power's still out in the Kenmount Road um, portion of uh, St. John's and in through to the uh, downtown. Um, it has to do with the Kenmount Road substation. About f- five to 6,000 customers affected right now, and it is slowing down traffic in many areas where the lights are out please use caution we'll be back right after this
0: got plans for midnight bring your vocm along with the best soundtrack for every night anywhere the vocm all night show midnight on your vocm
1: our guest today is Chair of Hospitality, Newfoundland and Labrador, but we have a power outage that's affecting a big swath of the uh, metro area, St. John's, Mount Pearl. Uh, VOCM's Brian Medore has another update. Hello, Brian.
0: Hey, Linda. Looks like uh, they are making some progress now. It is the Kenmount substation that is the issue, but we are getting calls in the newsroom now. Uh, people saying, my power is back on. Yippee. Uh, Kenmount Road, you can see the grid uh, has loosened up considerably, but uh, there are still many people without power. As we speak, Newfoundland Power updates their website every 10 minutes or so. But as I say, we are getting calls from people saying that their power is coming back. We don't have the, uh, all the particulars on the time of restoration yet, but we hope to get that soon.
1: And hopefully that uh, traffic situation will clear off, but you say the traffic, I can't see it from my vantage, <laughs> uh, but you say it's starting to clear up a little bit?
0: Yeah, when it first went out, uh, as you say, 20 minutes to one, holy cow, it was just inching <laughs> along, wasn't it? Yeah, what, 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 it was
1: just like looking at, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Tetris out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, its a, I, I wouldn't call it gridlock any longer, put it that way, but it's certainly not moving like it normally would, but uh, it is moving at least right now.
1: Excellent news. Thanks, Brian. Great job. Um, and... Uh, Uh, Brenda O'Reilly, we've been talking a little bit about the tourism industry and you were talking about the impact of uh, immigration, inflation, the labor crunch, EI reform. What was the response to uh, some of your suggestions on EI reform?
2: Oh, very positive, to be honest, because, well, right now there is a a review of uh, the unemployment um, EI going on, um, in Ottawa right now. So, you know, I'm sure that many groups will present some, some options there. But, uh, you know, I think that bridging that gap. Is a good way of getting people back to work because once people are back into the workforce, I mean, I know, you know, most people like work fulfills you. It's enjoyable, you know. It's, it, you know, people want to work. People need to work. Need need to work, of course, pay their bills and keep keep surviving. But uh, but it's also very fulfilling for people as well, right? So and 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 I do think a lot of seniors, given the ability, given the opportunity to come back to work, would come back to work part time because it's very social too when you're working, right? So there's lots of you know lots of great things about work. Lots of bad things about work, but lots of great things about work. Um, You know, we had um, the rental car industry as well going into the pandemic. Uh, And I think, you know, part of this is the reason why Marine Atlantic's numbers are are up a little bit is because, you know, we heard about the crisis we had in the ground transportation leading into this summer, which which was true and real. Um, Of course, some of that settled itself out throughout the summer. And, of course, we did bring on Toro here in the province. Um, You know, so that's good because I think the uh, rental car industry um, is, you know, looking to have more of a year-round presence because of us growing our tourism season to be, you know, growing the, the shoulder parts, but also you know, the winter and the fall, the winter and the spring business, right? Um, I mean, there's a lot of conferences come through in the spring, you know, the winter business, we got two ski hills, we got snowmobiling and snowshoeing and just you know, just generally enjoying the snow and the and the winter um, you know, something, something that um, has been growing and growing and, and it's an, an opportunity for us to to extend our our tourism season to be, you know, year-round.
1: And I know the rental car um, situation has been a real challenging one over the last 10 years in particular. Um, And it's almost as if you're reading off my notes here because my next question was going to be about rental vehicles and you launched right into it, so that's great. How did the Tarot thing go over? Is it being embraced here?
2: It did. It went over really. It went over well, and it, and it's being embraced. It's still new, um, you know. So, but it was it was it was definitely a bridge. It was definitely a good bridge to help. Um, for sure. And the thing is, is that it doesn't have to be, you know, in main centers where most rental car, you know, cars would be. I mean, this can be anywhere. You can put your car up in any community. Right. So it was good. It was good from that perspective. But uh, the rental cars did, you know, uh, get some more vehicles in throughout the summer, which was, which was great too. The only problem with all that is that when people were planning uh, it stopped them from planning. Um, So while it did, you know, while it was a little bit better as a summer, you know, Went along, it didn't help anybody who was trying to plan a holiday and relying on a vehicle to rent. So hopefully, you know, it'll be better for next for next peak tourism season of 2023 for sure. Um, yeah. So, but you know, access is you know access to in and around the province has always been our biggest issue i mean we 've got issues that we 're dealing with now, you know more polarized issues because of um, the the effects of the pandemic on our sector but access to from in and around the whole you know our the whole province has always been our, our biggest issue and and certainly it is a it's a hard nut to crack. I know that the provincial government has been working on it um, But, you know, we need direct access to Europe and we need direct access to the United States and more direct access uh, to Canadian destinations out of this province. So and, you know, not only St. John's, obviously, Gander, Deer Lake and uh, in Labrador as well as Goose Bay and Wabush. So, you know, we do we do need more access.
1: Well, indeed. And um, you mentioned that marine Atlantic traffic was up, which is great to hear. Uh, But how do we, when we rely so heavily on either marine Atlantic or air travel, and and air travel is is facing its own uh, set of uh, uh, challenges right now, how do we build up this
2: industry when we're so reliant on those two? exactly so we do need it so that is like obviously you know a, a holistic uh, transportation you know strategy or study needs to be done um because it's like you know build it they will come but how do they get here and then it needs to be e- you know easy to get to and affordable so there's a lot of things going into it but certainly it is you know one of our main um conversations that we have with the provincial and federal governments, um, you know, is access to our province because it's not only important to the tourism industry, it's important to all industries, but it's, you know, very important to, to, you know, our way of life here in the province. I mean, we are on the far east coast of Canada, so we are isolated, so we do need to be able to get in and out of here, and the more access we have, the more reasonable access we have, the better.
1: So how do we build that uh, European link? Because we've tried, oh, how we've tried in the past, and it'll be there for three months, and then it'll drop it, and then it's gone, and then someone else might pick it up, and then it's gone. How do we get that reliable uh, European link?
2: We need to keep, um, you know, speaking with European carriers and um, and their Atlantic, uh, and Atlantic their Canada as well. Um, you know, because, you know, our, as we grow our population, as we grow our industry, I mean, the tourism industry uh, is the third largest industry in Newfoundland, Labrador. Um, and we're not the only ones relying on air access, of course, right? Um, but it is very crucial to our industry. And, you know, the value of the international traveler coming to our province, they spend three times the amount that a local would spend. And and the, um, the Canadian traveler spends twice as much. So clearly we need these people coming into our province because it's new money that stays behind. And it's more than we would spend ourselves, which, you know, the staycation has always been a part of our, our uh, tourism mix. But, and we would be nowhere without people getting out to explore our beautiful province. So that's always going to stay as part of it. But we do need those international and, you know, Canadian travelers to come into this province.
1: And we have the cruise ship industry, but it's, it's kind of limited, isn't it? I mean, they'll come in, they're in port for three or four hours. They, they go to a couple of shops or they might go get on
2: a bus and do a little quick tour and they're gone again. And that's already important, you know, because every sector in the tourism ministry is an important sector. So if they do take these tours, and they do go shop at the Beautiful souvenir stores. It's all part of it. We're all part of it, right? Uh, however, you're right. I mean, they don't spend a lot of money in food and beverage or stay in hotels, but it's, you know, they are coming to the province. And remember, everybody who leaves this province and has had a good experience is an advocate, an ambassador for our province for future tourism. So it's, you know, anybody coming here is important. Um, you know, the the cruise ship that came into the to the harbor there this summer, I mean, they got stuck overnight. And so that was, they, they behaved differently than they would if they're just coming in for the day for research stocking and refueling and you know and people get out and do some tours and stuff so but it is they're all it's all vitally important to how we grow our numbers and future visitation
1: and like you say, those international travelers uh, spend a lot more and they'll, they, they're more reliant on the infrastructure that we've got here to keep. Uh, and they're also looking for a different kind of experience, I would imagine, than somebody from Ontario. Somebody from Ontario may already be aware that we have, you know, a fair amount of uh, wilderness and this beautiful ocean views and icebergs and whales and puffins and all of those things. Uh, but someone from Europe might say, wow, this is really different from the congested
2: uh,
1: urban center that I live in.
2: And they stay longer. Um, so the international traveler tends to stay longer, which is great, because now they're spending way more money when they stay longer, right? And you're right. They, they are looking for that. We have exactly what the world is looking for right now. Not overly crowded cities, wide open spaces, fresh air, hiking. We have, you know, how many UNESCO sites we have, six or seven UNESCO. I mean, these are big Things to have in our industry. Our museums are fantastic, you know. So there's so much to do and see when you come here. And if you're looking for that uh, real cultural experience, I mean, we have exactly what you're looking for. Uh, if you're just looking to go to a big city and, you know, spend a couple of days in a hotel and yeah, some nice restaurant, which we have, by the way, uh, well, you know, you can go to a big city, but we have that and more. So you can come see and do so many things here in the province. And you can see a moose. And you, can, and you can have moose. You know, we're, we're one of the only places, I think we're the only place in the country that can actually have wild game on your menu. So you can actually, you know, have moose in a restaurant. So.
1: And seal, but we won't tell the Europeans
2: that. No, and, you know, we proudly, we proudly serve seal, and, and, um, and yes, we can have seal.
1: uh, Our guest today on On Target is uh, Chair of Hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador, Brenda O'Reilly. We're talking about the tourism season. We'll be back right after this.
0: Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM.
1: And that power outage still affecting a large swath of the Metro region, St. John's Mount Pearl. Um, it has to do with the Kenmount Road substation. Uh, so uh, efforts uh, underway to have power restored, full um, restoration though, uh, we're still unsure what's happening there. And it appears to be affecting some uh, cell uh, service as well. I know uh, my cell service is gone, uh, david is gone. So it may be affecting some people there there as well our guest today on on target is chair of hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador Brenda O'Reilly and um, Brenda you were talking earlier about um, the um, tourism industry and trying to get back to normal and no doubt this season was about pandemic recovery but are you starting to get back into the process of building the industry as a whole
2: Absolutely, um, there's all kinds of uh, you know um, development happening, and people you know are taking you know having confidence in in the the tourism industry is a very sustainable, renewable, you know, environmentally friendly. It's the people business, right? So you know, um, it it puts places on maps. You know, we believe in it. Obviously, we're entrepreneurs. Um, you know, we believe in what we're doing. You know, the p- pandemic might have sideswiped us, but didn't stop us um we're continuing because we do believe in what we do we we love our industry and we know the future of newfoundland labrador can rely on the tourism sector
1: so we've got these two major campaigns come home year and home for the holidays um, uh, primarily uh, uh, through the provincial government and uh, primarily i guess targeting people whose family are away but um i'm also wondering about uh, overall marketing like to get to those european markets and uh, down in the states and and expanding beyond you know the people we know so to speak
2: right so um you know the the tourism marketing um Strategy I know is under review as, as as we speak. There is a new vision for tourism coming out as well, um, sometime this fall. Uh, obviously, as operators, we've been involved, you know, and have been uh, consulted with and, and collaborating with the the TCAR, the Department of Tourism, Culture, Arts, and Recreation, and, you know, so there are, there are things that we could do. Of course, we'd like to see more budget put into, you know, promoting um, the, what we offer here in the province, and not only creating, you know, the content, the, 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 the marketing ads and things of that nature, but actual real money, more money to spend in markets to grow, you know, to grow our response to, to the tourism industry. So, you know, hopefully that will, will come because, you know, I think we need more investment in the tourism industry um, to promote the province because that will benefit everyone in the long run. Um, so we're hoping that that will happen at some point. And, and um, you know, our sector does applaud the government in their future fund because we do need to pay down the debt as well. Um, but we also need to invest in, you know, sustainable, renewable industries like uh, the tourism industry. Uh, you know, we got so much to offer. I mean, there's, there's live music, there's music, music, musician, arts and entertainment, you know, there's food tourism, our accommodations are bar on, like some of the world's best accommodations around the attractions, the boat tours, the, the UNESCO sites, you know, the museums, the heritage, the history of this place. I mean, we are probably one of the oldest places, we we're definitely the oldest place in North America, we all know that, but I mean, it dates back thousands of years, you know, so it, we've got so many stories to tell. Um, and we're only really at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to fulfilling everything we know the tourism industry can be to the province and to Newfoundland and Labrador.
1: I see there's been a, some discussions now happening with, uh, within uh, Hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador and uh, with it, with, uh, among operators about um, the need for a greater number of electric charging stations to help build tourism. Is our network uh, hindering tourism growth right now?
2: You know, I do know that uh, I can only speak for myself in this. Not very often I do that. But, like, uh, you know, my business, we're, we're opening something in Harbor Grace. We're planning on putting in charging stations, uh, you know, because we want to have as many accessible people as possible. And so, you know, um, at our trade show back in the spring, we did have, um, you know, charging out like they were at our show. And they had a booth. And so I know we are, as an industry, embracing it. Um, but, yeah, we would like to see more charging stations throughout the province, for sure, to make it more accessible. Because, you know, the, the future of green, obviously, it is the future. So, um, you know, I think that that will be, um, you know, more in the demand as we, as we move forward. as uh, you know, people switch their vehicles from, you know, gas to, to, um, to green.
1: And if people are driving here, it's more likely they'll probably be doing so in an electric vehicle.
2: Exactly. So we do need it. There, there has been quite a bit of infrastructure put across the province so far, but of course, it was only a start and, and, uh, and there does need to be more of it. But I know operators are also, you know, uh, understanding that they need to be part of that solution as well.
1: So what does 2023 look like now? Because the, this tourism season is all about building next tourism season. What's it look like?
2: You know, I've been talking to some of my colleagues uh, throughout the province, and some pockets are already, you know, um, getting really full for, for next summer, you know, and we look to the accommodators first to tell us that, because people plan events, and they book their, they tend to book their rooms in advance, so uh, they don't make reservations in restaurants that early in events. Um, some do, of course, if you want to get into some restaurants, uh, you need to if, if you're coming during peak season, but uh, you know, so it's looking very positive indeed. I mean, um, people are telling me that their bookings are up, um, people that bring in for conferences and for, uh, conventions that their, their activity is up. Um, 2023 from a conference perspective, is not as high as 2024 is looking. Um, but I think it's just because people were being cautious when they're planning conferences, right? Because of, you know, um, you know not like you're moving two or three people around you're moving hundreds and you know sometimes hundreds and maybe thousands of people around so um yeah it's looking good though it's looking very positive um and of course the the sports tourism i don't know if the buyers is coming back but i've been hearing rumblings of it so you know anything like that we need that's great for our for our province and um yeah so the more people come the more areas all this um you know activity going on on the west coast this business activity going on the west coast i mean that will help you Know, air access in and out of uh, deer lake and the area and that will help grow tourism so these are all very positive signs for the tourism ministry. so we'll, we're super excited and very positive about about the future uh, and the future growth of tourism here in the province sounds
1: great uh, brenda o'reilly i really appreciate your time this afternoon thank you very much
2: Thank you very much, Linda.
1: And Brenda O'Reilly is the chair of Hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to speak with the folks at L'Arche. Uh, very interesting uh, conversation ahead there. And uh, VOCM's Jolene Grimes will give you the latest now on the um, power outage situation in the metro region coming up in news right after this. Thanks for listening, everyone.